0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
1: This is episode 120 of the Wisdom by Wessa show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Donnell.
2: I'm Casey Wilbanks-Coletti. And this is Sophia Agella. Welcome to Wisdom by Wessa on the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
3: Sophia, just like the community at the WESA Trade Show, the online WESA community is growing as well. How can listeners connect with WESA
2: online? So WESA, or more specifically at WESA Trade Show, is on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. We also have a close group on Facebook. We called it the WESA Forum. And it's basically just to ask any questions or to give some insights into what we're all working on at the moment um, and also share what's coming up. And of course, you can join the community and follow us on any of these platforms.
3: What are you looking forward to in terms of sharing online in the next few weeks?
2: We are releasing short videos about WESA and some trends that we spotted at the past WESA trade show, the attendees, and everything else about WESA on YouTube as part of our Film Friday series, and then later on also on social media in different formats. Some videos are for inspiration, others are to connect or to sign up for the next show, but all are short and fun to watch, so don't miss out on those. So, can you share
3: any of those trends that you spotted, or do you want to save those for
2: online? (laughs) I'll just mention some of those. We had some fun colors and some different leather work that we are featuring in those upcoming videos. But yes, you can see the rest on social media and also YouTube first.
3: How can people
2: maybe be featured in those videos? So we plan several videos to be filmed at every August Westside Trade Show. So if you want to be interviewed, just reach out to us closer to the summer or fall show. But in the meantime, we do offer exhibitors other outlets to be featured on, all of which we listed in a previous email. So you can just take a look at that again or also email me at S-J-A-G-E-L-L-A at com, and then we can get you featured as well. Your inbox is going to be full. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're happy to help. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: Clint Arms grew up in the West. His dad was a rodeo cowboy and then later a representative for several Western brands. Clint attended his first Wessa show at age 16. Now, many years later, he is the creative director and the business leader for a highly successful engraving company, Clint Arms Engraving, and we bring him in today to talk about both his history, the company's history, and the future. Hey, Clint, thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the Wisdom by WESA podcast.
0: Well, thank you, Mike and Sophia. I'm really glad to do this.
1: Well, I think it'll it'll be a great show. You and I chatted earlier. While you have a very successful business on your own in the Western world, it may be kind of in the family genes. I don't know. But you told me some interesting stories about the family and their background in uh, uh, in this industry and a little bit of rodeo that you did. And so why don't you bring our listeners up to date on that? And then we'll talk more about your business.
0: Uh, You know what? I think I'm so uh, privileged to be 65 years old and to be able to see the the Western wear business pretty much all my life, just experience the growth of it, the admiration of it, and the international concept of the Western wear industry. I uh, grew up in Wichita Falls, where I think was one of the best Western stores in the world. It was called the Cowlot. And uh, the owner of the Cowlot was a, a gentleman named Nat Fleming. And he had such great great pride in developing a team to give personalized service to to his customers. And they did everything from creasing each individual hat to fit a person's personality and to hand feed any cowboy boots. And also, you know, in the area where I grew up, we had great companies like Olsen Stelzer over in Henrietta. And we had Adam Dixon right there in Wichita Falls, both boot companies that would hand-make and hand-measure your boots, and both of them are just great uh, old solid companies back from the 40s and the 50s, and then um, I got to experience really great Western stores like in Fort Worth with M.O. Letty's and Ryan's uh, down in the stockyards, which were great legendary companies. I've just been surrounded by people in the Western wear industry that really cared about their customers and also just supplied the the finest products that they could get. Well, and you also, there's a great deal
1: of authenticity to your approach. Dad was a rodeo cowboy. You rodeoed as a young man and rode bareback horses and bulls. And I think probably being around that sport also gave you a, an appreciation for the, 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 the quality and the lifestyle and the beliefs and the standards of people in the Western world, which you're trying to uh, tap into as you run your own business.
0: Yes, sir. That's exactly right. You know, and with, with my company, I've been so very fortunate to be able to travel international, show my products international, but also just do go and do research and do vacation in different parts of the world. And I'm always so proud to tell people I'm from Wichita Falls, Texas. You know, uh, Texas just has a, a great reputation for solid, hardworking people and a, a style that has never seem to, to, to go away. You know, I'd like to think of our company as being the Pearl Snap shirt. You know, I, I would love to think that we're going to supply products that are just going to be legendary and in style, you know, things that will end up in a museum someday and some things that will just be passed down from generation to generation. My existing company now is 32 years old, so I've actually seen three generations and now going on four generations of of customers that passing their products down and and sharing them with their families.
1: Well, I mean, clearly that is a testament to not only your business success, but to your creativity in terms of constantly coming up with products that people want to wear and show and pass on and be proud of. And part of that, Creativity runs in the family, as I recall. You've got a brother who's a chef, and another brother who has his own hat line. So creativity seems to be in the genes of the family. And with that, I want to turn this over to Casey a little bit because uh, she can talk a bit more about how she views what you do, and she covers that part of the uh, uh, that part of the world in more detail than I do. <laughs>
3: Well, I think one of the things about you guys were talking about passing down pieces, especially kind of like an heirloom, and you have the option to customize your own, which makes it even more personalized.
0: Yes, so that part of our business is just so much fun for me because I just like the personal reaction, uh, interaction with the customers. And, you know, I get to do that with the store owners at, at the Wisa Markets, And um, but it's the one on one customer personal is just what really makes kind of my clock tick and being able to feel like I'm I'm fulfilling someone's personal needs.
3: And to see a vision come to life and to make that happen for people, because I am somebody that loves to create and customize my own pieces, whether it be clothes or jewelry or whatever, and so it's hard sometimes to find the right person that can execute your vision, and knowing that you take a passion in that is a big part of that.
0: Well, thank you. You know, I was just visiting with my wife, Roxy, a couple of days ago, and just telling her I'm still so marveled at what our company can do to create that experience for for an individual or for a store. You know, sit down and really design a, a piece for someone and um, might be extremely hard for them to do at, at all. You know, so we, we feel really blessed that we get to, you know, create those and, and help those people have that real personal touch to an item that they really and truly can wear every day for the rest of their life.
3: And aside from the custom pieces, you have something already for everybody. Uh, Looking down your website, you have options of, there's so many options. I mean, I I can't name them all, but there's jewelry, buckles, money clips, bolo ties, cufflinks. I mean, the list goes on and on, but also you have multiple different themes. So it's really like, you know, you kind of have something for everybody. Um, Listed on here, you have rodeo, outdoors, hunting, safari, Just so many options. And so when I look at this, maybe from a future retailer's point of view, carrying your products, you cover all the bases and you can hit those demographics of people coming into their store by having the ability that, you know, you have a product that is something that fits anybody that would walk through their doors.
0: Uh, The Harvard MBA would tell us not to do it this way. And it would tell us it's never going to work. And that, it, um it's just a really bad business plan. but it's just so satisfying to be able to you know uh, work with a store in New York or beverly hills and or Houston, Texas or Fort Worth, Texas, and really supply what that what their demographic needs. We do have an amazing amount of different styles and products that we've made over the years. and um, I uh, like I said, I, I think is could be, uh, I was told it was a bad business plan when I started my business. It was just way, you know, you're way, trying to do way too much for too many people. Sure. But it's really developed with us to be what the company that we are today, which I'm extremely proud yeah. of.
3: Well, there's always exceptions to the rule, they say, and it sounds like you're one of them. What I think is fun about fashion, and when I look at your pieces, it will fit what I'm fixing to say. Is bringing things back in like the bolo tie that may have lost a little bit of, I don't know the word for it, but I mean, I'm sure there are, has been consistent bolo tie wearers for many years, but to bring it back into fashion in a different type of way, like for me to wear it with a nice dress shirt as a woman um, and be kind of like a custom piece. It's, I think I see that with a lot of your pieces. Like I love cufflinks, and I love to bring things back in that maybe once were a really popular item because that seems to happen with fashion. We cycle things, you know, nothing really goes out of fashion for too long because it always comes back around.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, the the bellow tie is something that we have put a lot of energy to over the last five years. And I've tried to put the energy into the bellow tie for a lot longer than that. But I I didn't really um, take the time to make sure that we had the leather bolo strings for the, the uh, bolo itself. And, you know, I mentioned earlier my age, and I'm so lucky that I got to grow up with the ranchers in Texas that would wear a bolo tie and, and would definitely uh, showcase uh, their ranch brand or just showcase a Western item with it. In my opinion, what made those bolos great back then is that they were handmade. And even the the leather part was um, was hand braided, and it took a lot of time to finish the leather before it was ever braided. So um, you know conditioning the leather, building it, and making it where it's just a beautiful piece of uh, of work is is something that's um, what made those that style so popular. And now in our company, we have some of the best braiders in the world making our bolo strings. We don't actually make them right in our shop anymore, but the braiders that we found that we work with are just, like I said, the best braiders in the world. They're used from the best leather we can buy. And a lot of them are made from kangaroo skin and anyone out there that's a a leather aficionado knows that kangaroo skin is some of the the toughest, strongest leather you can get. So it makes a great braiding material. I've made a a decision to give uh, both my children Bolo Ties for Christmas. So oh, cool. um, I'm kind of stuttering talking about that because I don't know if they'll listen to this <laughs> podcast before Christmas or not.
1: Don't tell them but,
0: about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, but both of them uh, I do love the the look. And um, I'm just excited that, you know, it is a, a product that I can give it to my daughter and um, she's single and just straight out of college, but thinking that, you know, her grandson could, possibly wear that bolo down the road because they are so versatile and uh, they look so great on, on a man or, or ladies.
3: I love that. We're on the same wavelength. Mike, I think you look good in a bolo tie too.
1: You never know. I look good, I look good in anything. Don't worry. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to jump back in here for a minute because I always like to ask this question of people who've been in this business for quite some time. Tell me what you think are the major changes you've seen in the way that Western products are marketed and sold since you got started, and how have they influenced the way that you go to market, Clint?
0: Yeah, well, that's a really good question. I've you know been able to to experience you know social media since the beginning of it and um, and participate in it. I think you know the the more people can really see the. The Western lifestyle is is beneficiary for our our whole industry. You know, the movies are such a a great influence as well. I think uh, Yellowstone itself has brought in amazing stylists. And I know there's one lady that's just super involved in in that particular series. But uh, They've stuck true to really great fashion and and showing it in the way I would like to see it shown. But uh, so the movies, uh, social media, I think have been really a good promotional activity for our, our product. I was just looking at some old photos I had last night on my phone, and I saw a picture of of John Wayne, and you know John Wayne wore different styles of hats, and it's just so neat to see, you know, the the way that styles have changed, but also styles have kind of gone back to the to the original just really great handcrafted products and then we come to WESA
1: which is a key part of our life and your life you told me that you went to your first show at age 16 and you've been involved one way or the other as a member for 32 years kind of chat with us just a little bit about where a uh, belonging to Wessa fits into your business success?
0: Well, it definitely gives me an opportunity to showcase our products to a, a very large audience. I went to my first WESA show which, when it was in Denver, and my father was showing his products there, and um, he was a sales rep for several companies, and it was a highlight to go there. I mean, you it was just such a buzz going on with the Western industry, and then I got to be you know, there as a part of it
1: and you know, Clint, there's a lot of interesting stories and personalities and things where your product has a starring role. I know you wanted to mention one about a, uh, a former president. Another thing about a museum. Why don't you go ahead and just tell our listeners uh, those stories?
0: Yeah, um, as I mentioned before, I was just so lucky to be born in Texas in the in the fifties, just to get, get to see the the great style of Western wear. And there is a really wonderful museum in Wichita Falls, which was the collection of hats that was created by Nat Fleming from the cow lot. And that, um, a lot of the cowboys that would come in would donate their hat when they would get a new one. And some of the hats that they would donate would about be 50 years old. And they're just really, really, um, character, uh, shaped and, and beautiful hats. and, That museum is in Wichita Falls. It's the Museum of North Texas, and I think it's a great way to see, um, you know, the the personality and the styles that were actually created in Wichita Falls in the store. The hat it was the cow lot, so those those hats were created um, and shaped in the cow lot in Wichita Falls, which my dad worked at when when I was born and worked there for many years after that. But uh, you know, and then there's another great. A National Historical Park. It's a, a Lyndon B. Johnson National Historical Park. And you can actually go there and see, you know, the, the hat that LBJ wore when he was in his presidency. So, you know, we've got to see uh, so many really cool styles of of hats. And uh, it goes on with belt buckles and uh, cuff links and money clips and the whole gamut of, of great uh, Western wear items. But these two places are just great places to see a lot of history. We'd
1: be remiss if we didn't recommend to our listeners that when they're in your part of the country, they go there. They should make a couple of quick notes as they're listening to this show so they know where they're going to go and what it is they're going to see. And clearly, as we have talked through this whole show... All of these things combined have had either a major or a minor impact and influence on your creativity and your desire to keep this entire Western fashion, Western wear business alive to record the history, but to live in the present. And so I applaud
0: you for that. Well, thank you so much. I I would like to applaud my team. at work, I mean, we have the most amazing team at work. Everything from our shipping department, our silversmiths, our engravers—we are doing just uh, incredible things at, at our facility and at our work. And it's a, a very exciting time for us and our business.
1: Well, I think they will appreciate that nod to the hard work and the creativity that they devote to you and your brand and your company. And I'm sure that everybody realizes that no one is successful in this business all by themselves. The successful ones have successful people working with them and for them. And so we agree with you that your success has to be in large part due to those people who come in every day and live the creativity that you Bring to them, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you your insight. Clearly, you have a long background with Wessa, a long background in the Western wear and uh, Western fashion world. And I just think it's great that you took the time to share all that with us. And I do thank you for being a guest on the Wisdom by Wessa show.
0: Well, thank you.
1: The show notes and links from today's show can be found at wisdombywessa.com. And, of course, we'd love to have your feedback. There is a contact link on that site.
3: The Wisdom by Wessa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players, and you can also listen on wisdombywessa.com. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Wessa, where the industry meets.